Well done, Kyle Brandt on NFL Network today discussing Mike Tomlin telling the Steelers players he's coming back in 2024 and probably beyond with a contract extension and a raise. Uh, No truth to the rumor that I just gave Brandt my talking points for that. He's, I think, listening to the right people on Tomlin. Maybe us. I know that Kale Berger sent out a video of us breaking down the news yesterday, and you were picking your nose in said video. That went, around, bite. that went around the internet. Mm-hmm. Maybe Brant saw that and then crafted a takeoff of it. I hope he did. I hope my little uh, subtle dig uh, created a not-so-subtle dig from Brant. I'm uh, glad he called out his fellow members of the media there, too. Me, too. Who are complicit in this on a national level, but he's right. So we we had two hours to react to this yesterday, and pretty mixed. We had a lot of fans who are killing the Steelers for this, allowing for this to happen, allowing for Mike to call a shot and come back for an extra year and feeling lucky that they have Mike Tomlin as their coach. We also dealt with fans that are on the opposite end of the spectrum who think that Tomlin shouldn't be questioned because it's been 17 years without a losing season. I got this stat sent to me by a listener. Mike Tomlin, and it's true, has a better regular season win percentage than Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and John Harbaugh. But I would ask those people this, 412 We'll take more calls on this today. Malzi, do you play chess? You play chess at all? Do I look with like... the game of chess? Donnie, are you a chess guy? No. No. Donnie's do I play... look like somebody that – what do I look like to you as far as chess is concerned? Knows what all the pieces are allowed to do but doesn't play? Because that's the answer. You're a, you're a man who has many interests. You sit on your phone at 2 o'clock in the morning and look up areas that might be underwater 10 years from now. You watch wrestling matches from Japan from 1992. Not just any any matches, Donnie. Watching the Hulkster go over there and work the Enzigiri. I don't know. You're playing Paperboy on your Nintendo Switch at 1 a.m. I have no idea what some of your hobbies are. None of those hobbies or things that I do scream plays chess. But I know chess, Pony. I do know the, the, I think you can call it a sport. The high-level guys burn thousands of calories in these matches. You resign in chess. Yeah. You get to a point where... You're out of moves. You're going to lose. You do the noble thing and not drag the game out. You take your king. You lay him down on the chessboard. You're done. Correct. I think even Mike Tomlin's biggest supporters out there, and I was astonished by the number that we talked to uh, yesterday, I think they would all admit one thing. They've got an offensive conundrum right now. They finished the season ranked 28th. That is their lowest ranking ever. In Steelers history, they finished 28th in points scored. That's tied for the worst. So they are in a bad spot there. We have uncertain times. They don't have an offensive coordinator right now, and they have questions at quarterback. So I would ask any of Mike Tomlin's biggest supporters who say he's never had a losing season, he did a great job this year. He got them to the playoffs. They won 10 games. Even those people. What makes any of them think he can develop a quarterback. And what makes any of those people think he can develop a dynamic offensive coordinator? Because in order for them to become a team that's more than just nine or ten wins or more than just one and done in the playoffs, Chris, he's got to get both of those things right. Would you agree? Yes. So what on his resume? Don't give me the team doesn't quit. Don't give me he's a great motivator. Don't give me his record against... Uh, division teams this year. 
Tell me what he's done that convinces you he can find and develop a quarterback and he can find a dynamic offensive coordinator. Because I see nothing. You know, if he were going, that's why some people will bring up if he went to a team like the Chargers, he could have success because he has a quarterback there that is capable of throwing 35 touchdowns in a season and for 4,000 yards. Okay? He doesn't have either of those two things right now. And Chris, this this is hard, right? I mean, Chuck Noll after Terry Bradshaw couldn't find another quarterback. He couldn't find another offensive coordinator. They had to win playoff games with Mark Malone and Bubby Brister. He had to do it the ugly way. But he also had on his resume the fact that he had drafted and developed Terry Bradshaw and won four Super Bowls with him. Mike inherited Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger at 25 years old. By the way, the same age as Kenny. And also, by the way, at 25, he'd already won two Super Bowls and been to three AFC Championship games. So, there you go. I mean, like, and we'd like to debate each other on the show and try to find holes in each other's argument. Is there any hole in that? No. No. So that's the problem here, as I see it. I wonder if he thinks he needs any of those things. I wonder how much he... He doesn't think he needs a good quarterback and a dynamic offensive coordinator? I wonder how much of this for him is a reaction to knowing that it was perceived, certainly locally, not nationally, but locally, like he just drafted off of Ben and his successes and rode Ben's coattails, that gets said all the time, that he essentially was a bystander to any success that was had, that if anything, he impeded their success with his own failures. Those are all things you know that get said about him. You know he's aware of what is said about him. And I wonder if he picked, I mean, Ben was a physically very gifted quarterback. And I can't help but wonder if he thought. Without the strongest work ethic. I can't help but wonder if he thought, I'll go with a guy whose physical tools are average on his best day, whose work ethic is supposed to be way above average, his best asset, and I also don't need a great offensive coordinator. I'll show I can win the complete opposite way. I do wonder if his ego factored in there. There's part of me. Yeah. Part of me that thinks that. But, and but, he's going to be proven wrong, by the way, because you can't win that way. The Broncos won that way with end-stage Peyton Manning, but he was still somewhere in there, Peyton Manning. You know, the Bucks won with Brad Johnson. That was 21 years ago. The Ravens won with Trent Dilfer. That was now 24 years ago. Yeah, I don't think you want to make a habit out of being the exception to the rule. Well, the exception usually proves the rule. Right. And we're seeing, name me one like actual bad quarterback of the bunch that are left. There isn't one. Got me. I mean, there isn't one. Baker Mayfield threw thirty touch, almost thirty touchdowns there, this there, year. The, the, it's a rhetorical question. There isn't one. The worst you could say, somebody might say, ah, Jared Goff. Jared Goff cooks. He's in a system that 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 caters to his strength, and Jared Goff puts the ball on the money. Jared Goff, in his second year, threw twenty-seven touchdown passes, went to a Pro Bowl. In his third year, he went to a Super Bowl. Now that team abandoned him and gave up on him and thought they could do better. They ended up being right. But still, compare his first two years in the NFL to where we're at with Pickett. Compare Jared Goff's last two years to the rest of the Chris, NFL. Guess who's got better numbers? Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, That's I've said it. this before. I still believe this. I think Kenny could succeed in San Francisco. I don't think he would have the same level of success as Purdy. I think they could I think he, they could put him in a, in a position to be a good quarterback. I don't trust Mike to do that. And I don't all, – all, all the people yesterday that called in and wanted to argue with us, you can't trust Mike – when he thought what was best for Kenny Pickett was bringing back Matt Canada this year. He brought that man back. 
He believed in Matt Canada. A lot of these national talking heads, they try to have it both ways where they praise Tomlin, but then they rip Matt Canada to shreds. No, they praise well, him for creating a situ- for overcoming a situation he helped create. That bingo. is my biggest problem. Thank you so much for saying that because I watch these clips and I think the same thing. No, you you think like you're I mean, it's the true definition of feeling gaslit if you're where we are and many others are about Mike. People who are getting paid more than we are to go and sit and talk on these shows act as if he is a 17-year head coach with a lot of power, yes, but who's also completely helpless in one entire area of team building and coaching staff I think Marcus Spears might have even said this morning on ESPN that Mike Tomlin had to overcome Matt Canada. No, actually, he didn't. (laughs) He wanted to keep overcoming Matt Canada until Art stepped in and fired Matt Canada. I just, I, I do think that there is this incredible bit of intellectual gymnastics that goes on on national shows. Most of them. I'll give Kyle Brandt credit. I think Cowherd went after him too and was more of an honest broker about Tomlin. Where you act as if it truly is anything good that happens, Mike essentially accomplished it through force of will. Anything bad that exists with the Steelers is due to some nebulous force because they don't want to rip Art Rooney either because he commands a lot of respect. They're not going to rip Mike. So apparently Matt Canada just snuck in, pretended to be their offensive coordinator, and then nobody stopped him. Like, they act as if all the problems that Mike over, that they say Mike overcomes just happen by magic. And, and I just brought up Noel. Mike obviously is a quote-unquote great coach who has a ton of say in, in team building and picking quarterbacks. Is not alone in this. Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls, and then he thought after Tom – Brady that they were going to first try Cam Newton and then he was then he drafted Mac Jones in the first round. It's damn hard to find a franchise quarterback and develop him. I think he fell but, victim to the same thing Mike did in the sense that he said, "I'll just get a guy who's similar to Tom physically yeah. and I'll just prove that it was really my system that worked." Found out wrong. It's damn hard. So we know that it's an uphill battle. We we lived it from 1984 to 2004. 20 years. I can't, what I still I'm can't say, say that because they got to AFC no, title games. I know, and all but that they stuff. had to do it the hard way without a quarterback. What I'm saying is they need to find a quarterback and they need to find the right person to coach him. And I'll, I, I can't, I don't know how Tomlin apologists don't get this. What is it about his coaching resume that makes anybody think he's going to check both of those boxes? He promoted a guy. What does he, what did he say, Chris? After Todd Haley, who was the offensive coordinator? Who did he promote? Farts in a skillet. Farts in a skillet. When did he get fired, Donnie? Randy Feekner, how long ago was that now? After the 21 season. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's been out after of, the, what, they lost to the Browns? He's, the guy is in his 50s. He's been out of work for two years. Nobody has hired him. Matt Canada got fired in the middle of the NFL season. Even all of these college teams could have hired him to be an offensive coordinator. Nobody wanted him. That's how Mike has picked coaches. How has he picked quarterbacks? Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. And even if you think Kenny Pickett might be the right guy, see the first thing that I just said. Who Mike trusts to coach him? I I think there's a better chance that Mike could, through almost just sheer luck, 
stumble into a good quarterback. Like, they take a flyer on a guy this year in the fifth or sixth round. The guy comes into camp and just blows everyone's doors off, and it's obvious. Like, someone just takes over. Then it is hire a good coach. He's shown, it's not that he hasn't hired, not just that he hasn't hired good coordinators. He's shown no inclination to even want to try to. Chris, who I'm is- I'm going from the, the, the professional discard pile. If Matt Canada had maybe run the offense at LSU when Joe Burrow was there having the greatest you know, quarterbacking season ever and was being praised, I don't even know if the Steelers could have hired him. Somebody but else might have wanted to. Don't, he hires people with no resume. I'm going to give you three names. Don't Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes all prove that the offensive coach in some way matters? I mean, Josh Allen was having a down year halfway through the season was turning the ball over too much. They had to fire his offensive coordinator to get more out of him. Yes, it, Lamar does, Jackson's it does matter. offensive coordinator was fired last year. They get a I'm, new guy in there. He went, He's going to win the Tony, MVP. Tony, I'm not arguing that they don't matter. What I am arguing is that it's what's sad is both things matter. I give him a better chance of just kind of stumbling luckily through, you know, just by random almost chance into a good quarterback than I do a good offensive coordinator because he doesn't seem to care about trying to hire a really good name. Steelers season in the books. Ten minutes from now, Tyler Kennedy on the Penguins at the halfway point. They are now just a point out of a playoff spot after Monday's win over Seattle. They played 42 games. They've got uh, 80 to go, or 40 to go, excuse me. 412-928-9370. Mike Tomlin a day after he said he'll be back. You think he did it in the Terminator voice? I was about to ask you, do you think he you think he told them he just walked in, said that, and walked out? Amanda likes the show called White Lotus. Have you watched that? I've not. Donnie, have you watched White Lotus? With uh Stifler's mom? No, we haven't. Uh I just saw that they come out they just got uh greenlit for another season, and they announced one of the new cast members is Patrick Schwarzenegger. That has to be his kid, right? I would I would, I would lo- think. I wonder if he looks... Is he the Jack Collinsworth of actors? <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, isn't um, Dakota Johnson from Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't she Don Johnson's daughter? I'm pretty sure she is. From Miami Vice? Yeah. I was about to say from Nash Bridges. I know. That is, that is Arnold's son, by the way. Arnold is Does it look like name. him? A is little bit. Big Jack dude? Big Austrian uh, I mean, he's Jack definitely guy? not Arnold size. No, he's not like Mr. Universe. It is weird when actors you watched have kids who go into acting. It's like, oh man, I'm old as balls now. Ethan Hawke's daughter is in uh, Stranger Things as an actress. You know who's also been those. added to White Lotus, Donnie? I might actually watch it. Walton Goggins, a.k.a. Boyd Crowder. Great actor. Oh, my God. He's been on some vice principles. I got to look this guy up here. Walton Goggins? He's got the best head of hair in acting. He's oh, got the like, guy. Yeah, he's got, like, pattern baldness straight back halfway up his, his scalp. He's and then usually, it's like, a up snarky bad guy, right? He's a yeah, and justifi- bad guy. And justified, he's, like, a very well-spoken, but he's also mostly a, bad guy. Also in a couple of comedies with Danny McBride. Correct. And he's very funny. Vice principles, Pony, you would love. If you love Eastbound and Down, you'd love Vice and Principles. I do love me some Eastbound you and Down. You would love Vice Principles. Uh, let's get in some of these uh, takes on Tomlin, starting with Mark in Jefferson Hills. Hello, Mark. Hills. Hello, Mark. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. First off, you've got to watch the Righteous Gemstones. That might be the best. Another great Walton Goggins, Goggins show vehicle. there is. Unreal. Um, 
I just wanted to say Stephen A. Smith had a similar take as Kyle Brandt on Tomlin today, and that shocked me pretty good because if I was Mike and I wanted to survive and, like, anyone that runs a good business, you hire the best people around you, and he just doesn't have the ability to do so. So it sounds like you agree with us, so, well, I think, Mark, I'd love to get to the bottom of why he doesn't have the ability to do so. Is it because he doesn't want to hire? Like, he doesn't want to scour the earth for the best or options? Or is it about football acumen? Is it football acumen? Is it he wants to hire certain people, but, but Art Rooney doesn't want to pay? He thinks it's pride. Okay. I mean, if it's pride, no, it's, that's, the, it's, that's the least acceptable excuse if it's just personal pride. Well, how do you let Flores leave the building? Like I, I wouldn't have. Well, I, would have he, I would have ceded defensive coordinator responsibilities to him, but, of course, pride agreed. would have come into that uh, equation as well. Not only that, right. but, hey, that's Austin's job. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart, demote another guy, or fire him when he's still got years left on his contract. Old Steelers way stuff, Mark. Good question. I mean, Flores is clearly a better defensive coordinator than, um, than Austin. The numbers speak for themselves with him. The guy held the Rams and Sean McVay's offense to three points in a Super Bowl. And Austin is just a glorified figurehead off, uh, defensive coordinator. Dan is on the fan. Hello, Dan. Hi. How you guys doing? Good to talk to you, Dan. What do you got for us? Well, three things about Tomlin. Number one, look at his record on challenges. <clears throat> Not good. We did, actually. It's about the same as most other coaches, but keep going. Then, when is the last time you guys watched a Steelers game and you said, Wow, what a great coaching decision, or what a great scheme. Like, when is the last time you actually sat and watched the game and said, man, what a, what a great call on the defense? Or, or, I mean, it's just, you never do that when you watch the Steelers. It's just, it's unbelievable. Are you talking about on offense or defense? Or, or just in general? On both sides of the ball. I mean, it's just, like that time Gunnar Olszewski caught the ball, and he toe-tapped in bounds. I mean, like, but then the guy, but the, then then the guy against Bouquet, Baltimore yeah. did it from out of bounds and was smart. Right, Right. which they learned their lesson. But, like, you should have been coached down the first I would place. say, to answer your question seriously, Dan, the last time I probably felt like, man, they just really delivered the goods here in a game as far as the scheme looked good. I'd say both Bengals games were pretty satisfying to watch, the Seattle game, and then the, the first Baltimore game because they shut down the Ravens and held them to 10 points. Yeah, but you said that was just because of self-inflicted root wounds by Baltimore. That had nothing yeah, but to do I with still, the Steelers' Yeah, but I still scheme. have to give credit, I guess. No, you don't because you don't believe that. You said the Steelers did nothing to win the game. The Ravens lost it. You yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, strike it for, I'll strike it from the record. I was trying to be charitable, but I don't why? know why because I don't want to be charitable. Because I've been infected by, like, this disease where I think that somehow I'm wrong even though I'm right because so many people bleat like goats about how the local media is unfair to Mike Tomlin when the reality is the national media is unfair in the other direction. Mr. Kennedy! With Steelers season over, we'll talk Penguins every day on the show. We have reaction to what Kenny Pickett did not do yesterday on Locker Cleanout Day. Coming up, more of your thoughts too on Mike Tomlin coming back. 412-928-9370. Right now, we are joined by Penguin Stanley Cup champ Tyler Kennedy, and he's brought to you by J.P. Roofing. All right, Tyler, half the season in the books, 21 up. Uh, They've won 21. They've lost 21 games. 
Let's start with uh, this question for you. Finish this sentence. The Penguins will make the playoffs if... They play more consistent throughout the whole lineup, including the goalie. All right, I have another sentence for you to finish. The Penguins' power play will be fixed if... They put Tyler Kennedy on it. <laughs> I like, that. I like that. What do, what do they need? Because that remains, you know, five on five. All those metrics, possession numbers say they're a pretty good, very good five on five team. But really, what's going on there? It's still clicking at around what thirteen percent. It's near the bottom of the league. Why hasn't this been fixed yet? We ask you this every week, I know, but as long as it's a problem, we're gonna have to keep doing it. It just seems like they're just missing that little bit of chemistry. I just feel like right now, even through the whole year, there's just so much high-end talent that sometimes it just doesn't gel. They're just, again, when you think of power plays that are successful, it's not always your best players on the power play. They have a guy who sits in front of the net who's a pain in the butt to play against. They have a guy that's a shooter up top, another puck-moving defenseman, and then they have distributors around the ice with a guy who shoots. Right now, there's just so much talent, and they all can do kind of similar stuff, even with the two D-men. And I think that's the struggle. You know, even when you think of, like, uh, back when we had all those really good players come on the team with Aginla, Moro, we had too many good players, and it, it kind of backfired on backfired uh against us you know again i think it's got to be a mixture of talent and guys being in the right position to succeed and right now again they just they have too many of quote-unquote the same kind of guys on the power play the penguins first half mvp is definitely Sidney crosby tyler so who would be the runner-up who would be second in their mvp voting through half the season jake gensel um Again, he's he's the most consistent. You know, when you look at the games that he's played, the points he's put up, the goals he's put up, he's the he's the second most consistent guy throughout the lineup. Um, love the way he's playing. He's he's scaring me because he's up for a contract and he's almost playing his way out of here. Him and Pedersen, I love the way Pedersen plays too. But for the second guy behind Sid, it's it's Gensel for me. Again, I love I love the way he's consistent. I love the way he finds it back in the net. I love the way. You know, he finds those dirty area goals. He kind of he, he, he gets those, like, goals that Hornquist used to get that, you know, people don't really talk about, but he's got a lot of them, you know, and he's got a shot. So he's a very dangerous player. And when you think of, you know, the three-headed monster or the two-headed monster leaving, he's the guy that's going to carry that top half, and he's doing a pretty good job right now showing that he can. Tyler, I hate to be negative, and so maybe I'll try to ask it nicely. Instead of saying who's been the least valuable player, I'll say who's the guy that you need to see a lot more from in the second half of the season. Carlson. I just, you know, I... I you were skeptical of this getting, move, Tyler. You were not one that was, again, like, gung-ho on it, brother. Yeah, like, you know, when when a big price tag... You get paid a big price tag, big expectations. You know, he's getting paid, what, 11-something? I'm expecting a ton out of him. And when I see a lot of goals getting scored, he's, like, right there. He's just not tying up the stick, and he's easy to play against. Yes, he puts up numbers, but we need him doing everything 
for that price tag. We need him doing back-checking, solid on defense, scoring goals, doing what Sid's doing up front on the back end. And that's what I'm looking for. Tyler, uh, coming up here, I've been handed a note that says you are having a kegger. Is that true? Yes, I am having a kegger classic tournament February 2nd at Salt Park. Um, It's an adult tournament, but we're welcoming everyone, and there's going to be a a beer pong tournament. It's going to be a real fun event uh, during the All-Star break. So maybe you're not watching the Penguins play, but you're going to be watching all the best players in the NHL play while playing some, you know, some fun, fun hockey out at Salt Park. Best beer pong player from your playing days? Ooh, um, Billy Guerin, oh, uh, Rob he? Scuderi. Oh, he's Matt more of a defensive Talbot. player, I would think. Can't imagine yeah, Rob scoring so many times. Yeah, you ever see Rob drink, though? It was it like... Boston guy, right? Like he can drink, he can slowly pound them back. You know, another <laughs> Billy Gary. Uh, Bill Garrett was another guy that he wasn't shy to hang out with the boys at the bar. Especially, I mean, Garrett was, old, you know, Garrett in age relative to some of you guys was old enough to be like somebody's dad almost coming into for college yeah, weekend. Yeah, more than and, ten years know, on you guys coming in, and he's just charming all the ladies who are like twenty years old at the party. He's somebody's dad. I'm surprised to hear that name come out. Yeah, well, him and his wife, they're both, they they both like to get her going and have fun. And that's probably why he was in the league so much because he loved the, you know, the extracurricular activities, you know. And um, no, Billy was a great guy. That's what made him so special when we played was like, you wouldn't think of it like you guys said, but he was a guy kind of leading the charge. Hey, boys, where are we going tonight? Because that adds that chemistry on ice. You know, when you have fun with a guy at night, and the next day or a week later, you don't play good. It's easier to tell that guy to pick up his socks, and it's more of a friendship than a, than a than a work friendship when you don't do that. So that's that's why I think he did it, and and that's what made our team good in '09 too. Is like we had a lot, a lot of fun. We had a lot of guys that were, you know, like to party, have fun, but they knew when it was time to, you know, strap their boots on and go to work. Tyler Kennedy, Penguin Stanley Cup champ. Yeah, go check out uh, Tyler's uh, Twitter page to get more information on that hockey tournament next month. Thanks, TK. Boys, is Adam Crowley going to be there? That's a great question. Is, right? Well, he's in. He's I'm on gonna... paternity leave right now. His wife is actually giving birth as we speak. He's lucky because that, this might be the first time we go face-to-face since uh... – since he the made that comment about your last. career. I thought you were yeah. going to say he's lucky that he found someone who was actually willing to have sex with him because that's what was going through well, my head true. when I thought about that's the second true, kid. I, I thought I was going to get him on the ice, throw him around a little bit, but he locked out by having a I kid. mean, a stiff breeze would throw him around, Tyler. You sh- If you do see him, you should say, hey, congrats on the birth of your second kid. It's all downhill from you for, <laughs> from here, right, buddy? <laughs> see you, Tyler. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. See you, boys. All right, there you go.